It's Thursday night. You would know what that means. Pals Pulls is live. I, your host, Sean, am joined by Kale. What's up, hot dog? And Marco. What's up, food product? Uh, we are not joined by Tyler tonight. Tyler is off. Good. I don't even know what Tyler's doing, but uh, yeah. Tyler Tyler is not here. Um, we have five. We're talking Count five them. books tonight. Um, we decided to to do an extra one just because this was such a huge week in comics. Um, so we've got Hellfire Gala number one. Uh, this oh, is the only. Variant. This is the only correct cover, by the way. <laughs> it's the only what's well, the only purchasable cover yeah all the other Hell, ones uh, yeah, yeah they, they don't even exist um we've got uh uh av or axe eve of judgment number one did you just say what? axe not axe yeah it's an acronym yeah why would you say the word that it is and not the initials fair enough uh daredevil number one Oh, that's a good cover. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice one. Um, what's funny though is that as much as this is called Daredevil number one, this is like the least number one <laughs> a comic book I've ever read. Uh, we'll talk about that more. Uh, Immortal X Men number four. This is also the only cover. Number four. Yep. 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 And uh, Dark Crisis: Worlds Without a Justice League Superman number one. Nice. Yeah. Did you see all of it? It was. Did you get all of it in there? Yeah, that's the whole cover. I mean, that's the whole title. Somehow, somehow, I got that mouthful out. Um, so yeah, we've got a lot of we got a lot of big books to talk about um, today. Uh, welcome, Trapzord. Welcome, Sylph Stevenson. Yes, five five years. Uh, no Chainsaw Man. Absolutely not. Um, you'll have to kill me. Can't believe this. Yeah, uh, Chainsaw Man himself is gonna. Come kill you. That's fine. I'm ready for that. After after the evening you've had, I'm sure you'd take a chainsaw to the face. <laughs> Why not? Um, all right. So before we get into the reviews, I do want to let you guys know how you can support and follow the show all over the place. We've got our links in the description of anything that we've ever done. You can find it somewhere on the screen. Uh, but I do want to specifically sh- shout out patreon.com slash the comics pals, where for as little as $3 a month, you can support the show. You can check out our newsletter, uh, which drops every single week from one of the pals. Um, we have our 300th episode of the main show coming up in just two weeks. So if you want to submit a voice note or a video or something written to the show to let us know how you feel about the show, you know, say whatever words you feel like saying about this podcast, please feel free to do that. You can write to us at the comics pals at gmail.com. Um, that's the best place to send us any kind of like non written thing. Um, anything that's written, you can put in the comments section of this. If you're watching on YouTube, wherever you catch us, you can put it there and we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. Um, so we would love some audience participation on that. Something I would love specifically is some erotic fan fiction. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I get those ships in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any, any, who, who, who do you think between the four of us is the weirdest ship? I think it'd be huh. me and me and Sean. I think so. 
There's Probably. no, no, no. You know what? That'd be. I feel like there'd be too easy. There's too much like tension there, right? Like, and and that can be easily translated into sexual. Yeah. Tension. All right, that's fair. Not for me. I'm not that type of person. <laughs> if I'm if I'm if I'm unhappy or angry, I don't. I'm not interested. Hmm. Hmm. Kale and Tyler. I would bet that's an unexplored ship. Yeah. 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 Not the one that you go to right away. Yeah, yeah. Me and Marco, obviously. Easy. OTP. <laughs> I'm sure that um, there, there's a possibility for that to happen in real life. That's all I'm going to say. Um, a fan fiction or me and Marco hooking up? You and Marco <laughs> hooking up. Um, Said I had to leave the country for a reason. Speaking of Chainsaw Man, though, we're going to be reading Chainsaw Man for our next book club. So if you want to read along volumes one through three, uh, and that'll be dropping uh, the first week of August, first Mm -hmm. Tuesday of August. So you've got time. Second. Wait, no. The second, like the second. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. The second of August. Um, So if you want to, you know, read along with us, go do that. Yeah. I have no expectations, so we'll see. Um, what I did have big expectations for was Hellfire Gala number one this week. Yes. So Marvel decided to do the Hellfire Gala this year in a bit of a different way. They condensed it all into one singular issue, which I am now holding up, the glorious Jean Grey cover, the art germ cover of Jean Grey. Um and they basically put everything into this one issue, including the reveal of the next X-Men team. Uh, this book had quite a few artists on it, at least. Um, uh, the, a few artists worked on this. Uh, so it was written by Jerry Duggan with art by Chris Anka, Russell Dauterman, Matteo Lali, C.F. Villa. Uh, they all did the art. Uh, color artists were Rain Barreto, Frank Martin, Matt Miller, and Matt Matthew Wilson. Uh, Corey Pettit did the letters by himself. So, uh, yeah, big book to letter. I, I noticed they never they never really like add multiple letterers to a book, but I, in a weird way, I kind of think that would be the most jarring thing you could do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, seven bucks for this book. Seven bucks. Wait. Yes. Um, was it worth it, Kale? No. No, it was <laughs> not. I don't know if Marvel's trying to get us to pay by the word now or maybe by the shitty male characters, but man, I did not like this book. Hmm. I also – I want to – before anything, I think I want to complain the most about Iron Man's tuxedo armor. What the fuck is that? What's wrong with it? What isn't wrong with it? It's a holographic jacket and a yellow belt. Oh, it's just like a see-through shirt. I thought it was kind of interesting. First, first of all, not a tuxedo. True. Who, who in yeah. their right mind would wear a t-shirt with a tuxedo? Answer: No one. Tony or Elon Musk. Mm, well, there you go. Right, two supervillains. Ugh. He looks really comfortable. And if I had to go to an event like then this. Then it's not a tuxedo. If I had to go to an event like this, this is this is not a bad way to go. Like, I, I don't know about the red, but um, he looks he looks like he's chilling. I like that. The the undershirt definitely needed to be 
more skin, right? Because then you have the sheer on top to be able to show stuff off. Like you gotta, you gotta work with you. You got there at that point. Well, okay. So beyond that, beyond that uh, costume, what did you think of the issue? I, I, <laughs> so I, I, I made that crack about uh, the men in the issue, but it really felt like every man in this issue was just out to be a douchebag. And I don't know if that was like what Jerry Duggan was going for, but like almost uncharacteristically, every man in this book just pushed me over the annoyed edge. Mm. Did you feel that? Uh, Spider-Man felt a little out of character. Spider-Man was just annoying. That's his thing. Uh, Proteus? Reed? Cap? We didn't do much. Cap was fine. Cyclops, definitely. Why? I just... It just felt, I don't know, off. Like, you know, he was trying to hassle... Emma about, you know, uh, eventually we learned it's, you know, right. But I just, I just didn't, everybody felt bad. Wait, how did he hassle Emma? She was hassling him. In the, in the beginning when they, when he showed up, look, I'm telling you how it felt. But I want to know why, like. I, I, I guess I don't... I, maybe it's because this was supposed to be from Emma's point of view and Jerry Duggan actually did something right for once and let us feel Emma's uh, frustration toward all these people because she does make a comment about all these men and all these people coming to her to talk about resurrecting their loved ones and all that and she's mad at Cyclops because of whatever is happening in X-Men and this whole business is his fault or whatever but even Clea comes up and like yeah and I'm including her in that too I it, it felt apropos for like where we're at for the story where like people are now like okay the the veil is gone I need to I, I need to be upfront with you about like my intentions and like everybody knows, and because it's public knowledge, I can just talk to you about it openly. I don't need to be covert about these things, and I'm able to just have that conversation with you or try to have that conversation with you because now I need intel. Now I need my, uh, in, in Clay's example, uh, for anybody else that walked up to her, now I need something from you. This is going to be my advantage. And I had fun with this issue. I kind of liked how these pieces fit together because they're they're playing off of her she has she has the power at the moment right she has the she's playing cards with tony stark but she has the upper hand even though he wins it it doesn't matter she still holds all the chips and that's exemplified in in like pieces of the art where they're 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 legit just playing cards and they're having this discussion about well how do i influence this so i can i can get something out of it or i can learn more information um i don't know i i thought that the issue was pretty well done so all right let me let me set the table because i feel like we haven't really been clear about what's even happening so um the biggest thing 
is that at, at the same time that the Hellfire Gala is happening, uh, the Daily Bugle has published an article about the fact that the X-Men are essentially immortal. The title of the the, the, the headline is Immortal X-Men. Um, and this is a long story that they've kind of been building towards in the pages of X-Men. Uh, Cyclops has kind of spilled the beans. But if you'll recall, Cyclops died. And to protect the secret, they brought him back as Captain Krakoa. Right. But um, the reporter, um, Ben Urich, knows that... He figured it out. Yeah. So instead of like letting it get revealed later and it hurting them, he just decided to spill the beans and take control of the narrative, or at least attempt to. Um, and so for Emma, that kind of, you know, <laughs> it's kind of problematic when you're trying to have a, a big party uh, to have this huge revelation um, that now everyone kind of wants something. They're all, all the humans are sort of naturally like, well, hey, you gave us medicine that'll let you, let, let us live an extra five years when you guys can literally bring yourselves back, mm-hmm. like get on the horn, you know, bring us all back. Um and uh, you know, so it's a lot of a lot of problems. Most of the issue is people talking to Emma, her telling them where to go, and that's that's the that's that's the meat of it. But there's a lot more to it. This is a very long issue with a lot of moving parts. I would argue too many moving parts. I don't think it needed to be this long. Um, but there's so much that goes on, and they tried to keep up to the spirit of the prior Hellfire Gala with some like ce- real life celebrity appearances. Um, one. The only one that I caught was John Hamm, but th- there were were there really no others? Uh, it looked like it was mostly um, um, comic book people. I think C.B. White, no, C.B. Sabolsky was there. Jordan White, I think, was there. Um, hmm. I'm sure there were more comic people in there, but I, I couldn't. Those were the ones I spotted. Hmm. Right. Um, and that's 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 pretty much the issue. Uh, Reed has now told Tony that they that the um, that Charles and Magneto uh, removed or kind of altered his memory. Um, so Tony now has like a, a, a more specific axe to grind. Um, I was I was confused about that mm-hmm. because Reed doesn't seem to have a problem with it. Like bothered. I didn't get the impression that he was unbothered. I got the impression that he felt like this was a very, very delicate thing. Mm. And right, so he right, wants to, he... yeah, he wants to talk to Tony about it in private. Right. But okay, there's nothing to immediately do. Yeah. So it's a thing that happened. We take this into consideration. What are next steps? And we need to be diligent about that. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I, I enjoy the gala. You know, it's it's a fun event. There's a lot of problems that come up. Um, there were some good moments outside of the like actual party. I really liked the um, the scene with uh, Sink, where he's now aging when he mm-hmm. uses his power to sync with someone else's power who's far away, and he's doing it from memory. This is the first time that a comic book character I felt looked like me. Um, <laughs> I could see that, yeah. So th- that was actually pretty cool for me. Um, but I gotta say, like, there's other cool moments, and we'll get to some of that. Oh, seeing Surge 
was a huge highlight for me. I haven't seen Surge in a comic book in a while, so she she has like a, a moment in one of the first few pages. But what I really don't like, what I'm just not like having a, an easy time accepting, is Moira. Her new characterization is yeah. is just it's it's bad. She's teamed up with yeah. Orcus now, which okay I guess. But the way she's talking, I think it was you, Kale, like a few months ago, you said that they turned her into a mustache-twirling villain. And Mm -hmm. I didn't agree with it. This is the first issue that I've read where I really felt it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was particularly bad here. this This is like the worst possible outcome of what Hickman was doing. I don't know if Hickman was going there. We'll never know. We'll, we'll, we'll probably never know. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. I don't think we will. It, it also added a weird layer of regular ass supervillain uh, to have her possess Mary Jane Watson or whatever, yeah, and then have Spider Man involved. Mm-hmm. Just like why? Like like you know they explain it, and it's like all right, fine. But it's the most Marvel thing ever to shoehorn in Spider Man and Mary Jane. That made that that felt like a, a a part of the issue that was bloated. It's just we didn't need the interaction. We didn't need the interaction with the purple dude. Proteus. Um, That's her son. Pro, uh, Moira McTaggart's. Yeah. Yeah. Not Mary Jane. Right. But but like, yeah. The, the, it felt like to your point it was ham-fisted to have them interact in that way and then because all right what do we get out of that nothing she just escapes afterwards there's well and he doesn't care he doesn't give a shit well i think she's planting the seeds of something yeah. which is mm-hmm. fine mm-hmm. you know that's her son i i get that that's for future stuff but it had to be mary jane watson like well, also, because uh, then you get Wolverine just to come in, and then you know the to be continued in Amazing Spider-Man number nine. So you gotta yeah. get the you gotta get the plug in there. That was annoying, um, and it also was annoying that it felt like I don't know. Was it just me, or did it feel like people people who should know each other just didn't? Like it, they kept yeah. calling Mary Jane the model. Like Mary Jane has interacted with a of lot of the people that are in this comic book. And they just kept calling her the model. Like, they didn't know who she was. Emma and Iron Man have a conversation in this book where it's almost as if they just met right now when we yep. know they've had a sexual relationship. Not just, hey, how are you? They've had sex. So that was really weird. And I don't know if it was just, like, me or maybe uh, Jerry just didn't have the time and space to you know, more clearly established that these characters have relationships, but it felt very weird. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Dissonant for some of the characters. Yeah. Maybe, and maybe that's what I was getting more than anything else, you know, in, in, in relation to what I was saying earlier, it just felt like stuff was off just all over the board. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard to, it's hard to disagree with that. Um, but I had fun. Like, I was frustrated reading this. Don't get me wrong. I was. But I did have fun. And that that matters. That counts for something. I like Firestar. So they, they kind of... She makes the team, ultimately. Um, and they establish... 
or revisit the fact that Emma wasn't kind to her and that Emma is a reason why Firestar is not more of a proper ex person. She doesn't, uh, I don't believe, live on Krakoa. Um, and she kind of is like separate from the mutants by and large. But she makes. Who, who is she? Firestar. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, she's Firestar. Um, she's a. Ancient. Yeah, character. Yeah. yeah. She was in the 70s Spider Man and his Amazing Friends cartoon. Get out. That's I'm why sure. Iceman is on the team and he's excited about her being there. Maybe that's why they put Spider Man in it, actually. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, I wasn't they, even they, mad at Spider Man being there. Like, fine, sure. Everyone's there. Why not Spider Man? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was just the way it all went down that was kind of. Yeah frustrating um and i think if even if moira's dialogue was different i would have accepted it it's just that there's no nuance to the way that she talks anymore there's no subtlety or intrigue she's just hey i'm bad now i never wanted you to be my son blah 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 blah. whether that's true or not i know she has an angle that she's working but it was just so over the top villain crap for me um yeah what do you guys think of the new team? All right, so let's talk about the new team. So, talked about Firestar. Iceman is also on the new team because Firestar is on it. Uh, Magic is a part of the team. Forge, Gene, Cyclops, um, uh, Prodigy, or Sin- no, Sync. 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 And um, uh, Havoc. Uh, Havoc. All right. Solid. The Heat. The choices felt weird to me. Not not the outcome, but the way it all went down. Mm. Like in the first Hellfire Gala, it was all, you know, telepathic voting or whatever. Mm. But I thought, oh, uh, okay, I. I, th- I think this is my confusion. I thought Cyclops and Gene were taking themselves out of the running, meaning they were taking themselves off the team to be voted to be replaced. No, but that was wasn't the, quiet, the case. The Quiet Council for Gene was at, at the beginning is what they were talking about. And that was actually a, a flashback. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I did not like the reveal of it. Because, first of all, adding Scarlet Witch to the mix, come on, man. Like, really? It still feels weird. Yeah, I'm not with it. I'm not. Like, just die? Right, especially after all that. Like, that only just wrapped up. Yeah. Well, now now she's like a friend of the mutants. Yeah. Post um, Trial of Magneto. Mm. Yeah. But it just doesn't. It doesn't jive. Like I don't understand why she's so uh, embraced now by them, and she's the one who makes the announcement about who's going to be on the team in a book that had so many characters and so much going on. I really didn't need this. Um, I would have preferred her to just not be a part of the the, the uh, unveiling at all. I I didn't love the way it was done last time, but I thought this was worse somehow. Yeah, the, yeah. The last time it was wrapped up in this larger reveal, also of like Mars and whatnot, and I think yeah, this felt a bit smaller, but also just not as disjoint, uh, not as 
uh, it felt disjointed because I remember the voting all happened simultaneously. Everybody would reach out and express, and there was this cool right. way to visualize it. Here is just people are talking through the the telepathic bubbles, and then a consensus has been reached. Here's your team, and just kind of they just kind of give it to you. It wasn't as momentous as it was for the first Hellfire Gala. When it felt like you know, I'm looking at this page with where Scarlet Witch is revealing it uh, just before the. Uh, no, not before that, where she says, you know, Sink, Jean, and Cyclops are on the team, Firestar's with them. Scott says, oh, yeah, I want Forge. And Forge says, okay, well, if I'm on it, we got to have Havoc. <laughs> so what What was actually being voted on here? And that, that, was, yeah. that part was really frustrating, too, is that the team worked. If I guess, I mean, they say it's a vote, right? So that means that every single person who had an every mutant who ended up being on the team that had an opinion about who should be on the team got what they wanted. Emma got what she wanted. Everybody got what they wanted, and that's that. It didn't like the last vote, the initial vote. It felt like it. The team didn't feel um, in sync in the sense that it didn't make sense on paper. It yeah. felt like they picked mutants who were chosen by the people because uh, Sunfire didn't want it. Um, you know, Rogue was there, but Gambit wasn't. Those were storylines that made sense, but the team itself didn't make sense. And I like the fact that the team didn't make sense. This team mm -hmm. feels like it was picked by Jerry Duggan or whoever, and that's what they needed, and that's what they got. Mm -hmm. It felt a little bland, like fire and ice. Cool, right, all right. Elementals that makes sense, and then you got um, Havoc, who just happens to be—he's historically somebody who could participates in it. Sync, except Cyclops Junior. Yeah, right. And then Forge, well, it's already alluded to here that you know he's not going to be as big a participant, but also like he's not necessarily a combat dude. Like he's always a behind the scenes kind of guy, and I think if they can, maybe they can play that up, mm -hmm. or they can do something with that. But it that felt a little weird to like pick him out for for no reason. Um, but I like magic. Magic's cool. I like her. Yeah, I like the team composition overall. I just really didn't love the way that it it kind of uh, came about. And I think that's probably the story for me on this issue is that overall I liked it, but there was a lot of the things that they, that they did um, and the way they got to places that I didn't like. Sure. Um, yeah. Real quick, it's worth noting that now Tony Stark has a mole on the X-Men in Firestar. He got in her ear, which I really liked. Um, I love when Tony Stark is playing a game of his own, when he's got his own agenda. And it's especially interesting because, you know, the mutants and the Avengers are in a weird place right now, as, you know, as characters. So... I'll, I'll be intrigued to see how that plays out. And then the other thing is that Moira has now just told the Eternals which mutants are important to Resurrection. Mm. Um, I scoffed at that page for a few reasons. Number one, the knife throw was just like, all right, I'm just going to throw a yeah. knife at this person right away. Um, and then uh, Moira just telling them, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like it's it's very convenient. I felt 
and it's leading right into AXE um, Judgment Day. I don't know. I that that to me was whatever. Um, Trapzord says, or no, not Trapzord. Oh, that's that's a comment from you, Kale. <laughs> I th- I thought it was yeah. I thought it was Trapzord. I have a weird weird situation going up with this with the screen. I would say pull this, but I don't love to say pull it. I'm not gleeful mm. to say pull it. I think there's enough that happened here that it's worth seeing for yourself. But you could also just take our summation of the issue and we we spoiled everything. Like we told you what happened. If you don't want to spend seven dollars, don't. Yeah. yeah. Some yeah. of the art is rough. It's not perfect. The Daughterman parts are good. Uh but there were a lot of parts that I was just like, eh, this is weak. I yeah, I saw Chris Anka's name and I was like, okay, and we get two pages of heavily shadowed yeah. uh Chris Anka art. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, no, this book is seven dollars. That's a hard pass. <laughs> this is not worth it. There you go. Yeah, I think I might say no just because uh, you could read a summary and you know what you need to know for the next set of like I don't know if this even prepared enough for AXE yeah you know like yes they, they reveal the the villains I mean sorry the the people who bring resurrect the X-Men but I'm sure you'll learn that through context clues mm-hmm. at, in, at some point during the run you know yeah alright let's Mid- uh yeah, I, I, it's hard to argue with that. Unfortunately, you'd be, you'd be better off telling your friends to go buy a Joker book. Let's talk about Eve of Judgment. Um, this is the last book before uh, Judgment Day, and from the literal first page, I was like, "What did I get myself into?" I felt I legitimately I fell asleep. This is by Kieran Gillen, if you couldn't tell, with art by Pasquale Ferry and colors by Dean White. Now, um, Judgment Day is a is an event that Marvel's doing. It's their big summer event that I have wanted very badly to be excited about. So much so that I have deluded myself. <laughs> into forgetting that I simply do not like the Eternals book. I love Immortal X-Men. Immortal X-Men's great, written by the same guy. For some reason, in Immortal X-Men, Karen Gillan does not do what he does in this comic book, which is overwrite it to hell. Yeah. Did, did you did you not like the Eternals? No. Was that, no, that was Kale. Kale yeah. came out. I do there. I do like it. Uh or I like the Eternals book. Sure. This was it felt like some ketchup shit. Yeah. Cuz and I I felt it too cuz I was like, "Oh shit, what happened?" and then it was like, "Oh right, they're going to tell me 40 different times." Yeah. Yeah, it's just just but brutal. but also like the the antimatter bomb piece. Um I I fell off of um Eternals, like some of that felt new, but the their time on Lemuria was you're just yeah retracing steps uh back at celestia similarly retracing some steps 
Um, the only reveal, the only interesting reveal, I think, was uh, Sinister. They have a Sinister. And I'm saying a Sinister because in one of the books that we're going to talk about, you know, there, there's multiple. And I think that was the only interesting part about this issue is, oh, okay, they can potentially, they have a way in to Krakoa. Right. Sure. Um, the The problem is that there was an unbelievable amount of unnecessary dialogue. Mm. I I I want creators to do what they want to do, and I want to be the receiver of that. I don't dictate stories, but when I open a comic book and I see two, three, or four. Full boxes of monologue on the very first page. It's like, come on, man! Like, let me show this. It's it. It's a lot. Like, it's it's a lot of words. Um, and that's just the first page. It doesn't stop. The second page. I know it's really small, but you know, if if you can see, um, look at how massive that dialogue box is. Look at how many words are in there. That's absurd. There's no need for that. What does it even say? Let's see. It's even a lovely day for Druig, the snake of the Eternals. He's crawled his way to the very top. He's Eternal Prime. His wildest dream come true at last. Perhaps now his awful ambition will be sated? Yes. Other small men on big thrones have been driven to paranoia from the insecurity. Still, or but perhaps Druig can overcome that and finally just be happy? Really? <laughs> You know, I read that. I heard that in Korg's voice. I don't know why. <laughs> Korg on the brain. Yeah, I guess. It. I. I. I don't have an issue with these the text boxes. That's the way that Kieran Gillen writes the Eternals, and I've and the machine the, specifically. The machine. Yeah, yeah, and I. I've just gotten used to that style, and and I think it's charming. Um, I can get the frustration, but. These these text boxes, the the way that these things are introduced, they, they work for me. I'm I I like them because I, I like the way that he characterizes the machine. It's not just the text boxes; it's every character. Everybody in this comic book talks way too much. Yeah, the this book felt like a lot of table setting. I don't know how long has it been since the last issue, actual issue of Eternals. A while now. And I mean, I have to imagine that's the only reason this book exists is to remind us of where the Eternals are and what's going on. Because, um, boy, I did not remember any of this. And frankly, I could have just used a a one-page, you know, catch-up in the in the actual event. The front, yeah, it's... That'd be good. I, I don't even remember uh, Druig becoming Eternal Prime. I'm, I'm maybe like an issue or two behind, so it probably happens there. But um, it's not it's not necessarily necessary information. Like you can figure this out again, similar to the Hellfire Gala. You can figure this out through context clues uh, for during the event, right? Druig becomes Eternal Prime. Oh, they had Sinister and. The Eternals have been on Lemuria because they don't want to 
uh, because they've been hiding they've been hiding out there because of what they've learned boom that's easy to catch somebody up on a page or two and you're just into the event this this was fluff yeah i feel like there were so many wasted pages here and it, it's one thing if because like some of the hickman stuff's wordy too i feel like hickman is a is a master at saying exactly what needs to be said um in few pa- few words if that's if that's the call but if there are going to be a lot of words they're good words um mm. here it just felt like a lot of flower and fluff and kind of kind of draggy to be honest like the yeah. dialogue just kind of dragged and you know i still am at a point with the eternals where i know who they are i know the characters but all of their motivations and all of their um personalities aren't clear to me fully and you know going into an event like this where they're the stars i think that you could have done a better job of making me give a damn about whether they live or die Hmm. or succeed you know i'm still not sure how the eternals who are like the ones that are the stars of their book um i'm still not sure what their position even is and I think this would have been a good time to at least give us an idea of that. Do they think that mutants are excess deviation? Is Druig bullshitting? Is this is all of this happening just because this is how Druig feels? Because if that's the case, I could skip that. That's that's a really good point, actually, because um, it's not explained here. But the our, our main, I guess our our main Eternals, they don't really care. They they they're just horrified by the fact that if they get resurrected. Uh, a human life is killed right. and yeah that's that's their beef right so they don't want to engage they're, they're actually neutral um druig is being an asshole and reading into the mutants and saying okay well these guys are in excess deviation because they can do xyz so he's just being a, he's just being a dick and the conflict is going to be well we now we need to stop him well but also the avengers are gonna take issue with the fact that every time the you know, one of them dies. The, you know, a person does. Sure, and but then with the Avengers there, which is why what's her face, um, uh, uh, Makari and Ajax, they're upset because their god, the Celestial, is now the Avengers' home base. Mm-hmm. So right. that's how the three are getting tied together, and it feels kind of loose, honestly. And the loose premise was interesting. Because we didn't quite know how they were going to fill in those blanks. And mm. now that we are at the Eve of Judgment, um, I still don't know. But the difference between now and six months ago is that I'm not sure that I care. Sure. And everything I've read has brought me closer and closer to that feeling. And I, I, I don't want to feel that way. I really don't. Like, I want to be so pumped. But I just can't. I can't muster it. Um, go ahead. It feel it feels like when this was announced, we were in the middle of the Hellfire stuff, the Inferno stuff, mm-hmm. and you know maybe this got pushed back or or something. But like when you know when this was announced, we were like, okay, let's go, finally some movement, the mutants and the Avengers. Okay, cool, the Eternals, fine. Uh, but now it's just like what are we even doing here yeah dragging our feet yeah 
Um, I and then you know, unfortunately, on the art front, I Ferry is very talented. Squall Ferry is very talented. I have enjoyed their work many times before. For some reason, this issue to me was just like visually maybe the most unimpressive that I've that I've seen. Ferry, I think Ferry was was Ferry not the artist on. The Spider-Man. What if that um, Chip Zdarsky did? That sounds right. I think I think he was, and I remember really enjoying that and other things mm-hmm. in the past. Um, I don't know if this was rushed or maybe you know I I I don't know, but for me this wasn't it. it this this feels like a tack on, and I I think like that's probably why it feels so bad. Yeah. Yeah. I I would I would pass. Easy. Easy pass. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. I hate to say yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, and it was Pasquale Ferry. Um Thank you. Spider Shadow. Who, can who was he colored by? Can you tell? Uh I think it was Matt Hollingsworth. Uh that could so. be the colors on this don't sit well on this yeah like. dean white is insanely talented as well i just don't know if they mesh quite as well and dean yeah. is the normal colorist for uh eternals proper right coloring uh Assad, right let me see is that right i think that's i that i think so and i think they tend to work together but i could be completely off base what what's interesting is that he he it looks like he's trying to evoke that style from him mm-hmm. yeah and and I don't think it works. He's almost like aping on it, and I don't. It doesn't look great. Yeah, yeah, unfortunate. Um, so you guys are passing also. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it looks like it's actually um. Uh, Matthew Wilson. Matt Wilson. Okay. Cool. Oh I, shit. I, yeah, pass him on this. Yeah, yeah, big time. Uh, let's talk Daredevil number one. If I can find the slide, there we go. Uh, so Daredevil number one, this is a one-to-one continuation, right? Nothing yeah. changed of, um, you know, the Daredevil saga that's been ongoing. Chip Zdarsky, Marco Cicchetto, Matthew Wilson on colors. Um, wow, Clayton whole Cowles new creative team. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Why? It, no wonder it was called all new, all different Daredevil. <laughs> um, This was phenomenal i thought i thought this was real good um no okay. marco yeah, all right <laughs> i was like all right i didn't care about the stuff that was going on here it, i i think the uh, i i didn't i didn't feel the tension i think coming out of the the, the event that we just came out of like mm-hmm. that was that was awesome dude right and this felt like pump the brakes which fine granted right you need to reestablish and sort of recenter but i don't know what i'm caring about here like he's he he is about to stop uh what's his face the the son of um of fisk but then they like just kick it kick butt with his goonies and then they're just like don't you don't you do a bad thing or we're gonna get you and I just felt empty, especially coming out of the, the repercussions that we just saw. So I think the idea was to, 
Um, because they're trying to, it seems like Daredevil's trying, and Elektra are trying to do things differently. They're leaving New York. They're not trying to be killers or anything like that. And because this isn't Wilson Fisk, it's his son, Daredevil feels like, you know what? He deserves a chance. He was good to my brother. You know, he and my brother had a, a good relationship. You know, I'm going to give this guy a chance to prove me wrong that, you know, there's good in the blood of the Fisks, you know. Mm. Um, so I have me, a little warning just in case. Exactly. <laughs> for me, I thought that I, I to me, that worked out really well, especially because yeah, Daredevil's not not going to be around to, you know, watch over him, which is yeah. why I thought Spider-Man being there was so smart. Um, at the very beginning, when I saw the webs, I was like, wow, okay, need to sell a number one. But, um, and especially yeah. this is like the second book this week that we're reading that Spider-Man's like semi-prominent in. So Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I saw those webs and I went, why is Daredevil on webs? <laughs> <laughs> I How can did he get too. those in his sticks? <laughs> but Spider-Man's inclusion actually led to one of my favorite comic book moments of all time. The conversation that Daredevil and Spider-Man have on the roof was one of the... That that conversation is the reason I read superhero comics. Because here are two characters that I have seen together my entire life. From when I watched the Spider-Man animated series in the 90s. And then I went all the way back and read old comic books... You know, old Spider-Man stuff and Daredevil was there. For all these years I've been reading these two together. For them to have a moment on the roof where Daredevil, you know, says to him, Hey, I'm I'm Matt Murdock. You know, he reveals his identity. And Spider-Man is just like, dude, I'm so sorry for everything that you have been through. Um, you know, you've had such a hard time this last year. He says Ah, Matt, I'm sorry you had to go through the past year by yourself. Leo Carraro, prison, Fisk, and I wish I could tell you who I am, but my secret identity is still alive. And I love you, man. But the way the past few years have gone for both of us... And then Daredevil says, I get it. I really do. Maybe one day we can sit in our homes together and have nothing but trust. But for now, the world's a dangerous place, so let's go fix that. That's That, to me, is brilliant. Yeah, you're superheroes. I- <laughs> that that's what I thought. I was like, all right, yeah. But it's I like I, there may and, and again, maybe it's because of how much I have invested in these characters, but all the things that they've been through, all the adventures that they have had, you know, you forget that these are that in this world, you know, yeah, we're just readers, but they're people. And they have hard times. They have rough situations. This sucks what they do. And for them to be able to have a normal conversation and for Spider-Man to just be sympathetic and say, I'm sorry for what you've been through. I don't know. That got me. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. That didn't do a whole lot for me because that, um, tool that, um, okay, I'm going to take my mask off and he's going to suddenly remember everything I feel like that's been used a lot. Um, so it didn't, it felt just like another tool in Zdarsky's tool belt. Like I, I, it was fine. 
you know, I, I think you're right. The emotion plays and that friendship is really good. It's really strong. Um, and it's what I like to see and would love to see more. Um, but yeah, it just, that, that, um, that whole thing just didn't do a ton for me. I don't think I landed the same way. Um, I, I respect that though. Like, it's cool that it, 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 it hit you, but I don't know that it landed for me that like, like that. That's fair. Um, it, you know, it doesn't hurt to have somebody the caliber of Marco Chiquetto on this book. Like, look mm-hmm. at Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Look how cool he looks. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's the page I'm holding up is Spider-Man and Daredevil. Daredevil's just putting his uh, mask on. Um, and Spider-Man, you know, has just shot the webs at uh, the new Kingpin. And it's just so clean and crisp. Like, this is this is like, this is what comics, you know, when I think about like Marvel comics, uh, street level stuff in particular, this is what I think about. Um, that felt like old um, Casada art, like when mm-hmm. he was on Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, the rest of the issue is really just, you know, Daredevil trying to, see his ex um and that doesn't go well and then we get introduced to a character who is new to me i don't know if he's new overall um but uh he claims to be he claims to be daredevil's guardian angel uh robert uh, they went to law school together they went to they went to law school together but apparently he is he's a god or or he's a guardian angel or something or other uh, I don't know what to make of it. Uh, and who is this girl? Kirsten? Kristen? Yeah, she's just, you know, one of... She, she's been around for a while. Yeah. I think she shows. She first shows up in the Wade Samney run. She's mm-hmm. been around a while. I think that's... Okay. I, f- I feel like that's correct, but yeah, she's an ex of his, and, you know, they've got a lot of history. Um, that's the first half of the book. Um, or maybe... You know, it's more than a half, but uh, in any event, there is a a back end a piece of it that focuses on Elektra and what she's doing. She's went ahead of Daredevil to go and set the stage for their rebuilding of the Fist. Um, and this part is um, by the same creative team, except Rafael De La Torre replaces Marco on art. Um, and this, oh, whoa, I didn't even notice. Yeah, yeah, um, and this part is basically all action it's, mm-hmm. it's electro versus electro and, and stick versus russian soldiers then it's electro and stick versus each other it was cool to finally see myself represented in uh you know stick yeah <laughs> maybe old man kale maybe i i like this art rafael de la Torre. yeah uh real good i i I liked how fluid it was. It really felt the lines felt pretty loose and um, super dynamic. I, I thought the, it played into the action really, really well. Yeah, um, great art style. Really cool, like poses for Electra mm-hmm. to make her look awesome. Um, I really enjoyed it. Electra's Daredevil is just so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. It's real cool. And I like how Stick tries to sort of say, like, oh, this is your concession to make Matt join us is to dress up in this silly costume. And she's like, no, that's this is what I want to do. Like, mm. um, I, I like that. I like that, th- that this is her decision that she's making. 
the concession yeah. was uh, not to kill, right? Yep. Yeah, I and, think so. Uh, and that's something that's been playing out, you know, for a little while now is turning her away from, you know, murder. And we've, we're seeing the end result of that now. I'm sure that, you know, down the road that'll change or whatever. But for now, she's on the side of the get angels. Back. Get back to back. that old status quo yep. murder. <laughs> a, little, a little stabby. Um, Miss old Electra Nachos. Not, not Nachos. Sure. Nachos. That's what I said. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Sorry, I misheard you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. This I think this was my book of the week. I really, really like. It came it. close, but it's not mine. Ooh, uh, okay, okay. I'm interested. It's not my book of the week. Pull. I say pull. Uh, pull. Yeah, yeah. Pull. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's good. Pull. Yes, great. They they don't beat you over the head with it, but they do briefly show the Punisher one panel. Yeah. And we know that that's where this is ultimately going. I have not ever been excited. I don't think to see two street level people clash more than I am for this. Cause he's uh he's the hand right now, right? Mm-hmm. He's the hand of yeah. the hand. And the fist. Yep. Yeah, I'm interested to see what's going on between these factions. Yeah. The Punisher's new status quo, as it were, and uh whatever the Daredevils have going on. <laughs> the the double D's. I like that. The... <laughs> Good stuff. All right, let's talk about Immortal X Men number four. Um, oh, fuck! Still, we're still on X Men. God damn! We're oh wait, still on X Men. I, I thought this was gonna be your pick of the week. No, this was, stupid. This, this was mine. Why don't you use your brain? Sorry, mine's off. I haven't plugged it back in since Thor. So, Immortal X Men. This is the good Kieran Gillen book. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. Um. So he wrote this, uh, Mikel, Michel Bandini on art, David Curiel on colors, Clayton Cowles did the letters. Um, I liked this issue less, less than I did the third. But the third was a high mark for Marvel Comics this year. Mm-hmm. So saying I liked it less than that is not saying a lot. I still thought this was really good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this, the Destiny one. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, I think, I like. I like that we've been going through like different characters and different POVs, and it was it was interesting to see this from Emma's perspective. Yeah, I I have a very specific idea of what her voice is, and it's only ever experienced through other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't I don't know that I have seen one where it's pretty introspective about her and. Uh, I thought that was well done. I think her her character is really strong, sympathetic, and uh, especially in 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 this book where she's just trying to make the best of a bad situation. Yeah. The reveal of the immortal X Men. I thought she did a really good job. Like she handled herself well. She handled the 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 things that came at her pretty well. And um, to see her so collected, uh, I I really enjoyed that. I I had a lot of fun with this issue and I thought Karen Gillan did a really good job portraying her. Yeah, this issue actually made the Hellfire Gala better for me. 
What order did you read them in? The gala first and then yes, this. Same. I read this first and then the gala, which I think is the approach. Like, I don't, it doesn't, obviously doesn't matter, but I think that based on the way this book plays out, it feels like that's what's supposed to happen, but I'm not all the way sure, actually. Because uh... wh- where, does, where does Cyclops learn? Well, well, that's where it's revealed that Cyclops had seen the other, the club head. Whatchamacallit? Sinister. No, that that was revealed in X-Men proper. Yeah. No, no, but I mean, like, this book was them telling everybody else, which informed Emma knowing in Hellfire Gala. I guess, yeah, because this book does take place before and after the event, so sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Um, Uh Uh-huh, okay. I read this first, and... I enjoyed it so much that I was like, oh, my God, can't wait to get to the Hellfire Gala. Um, And then obviously that was, you know, a bit of a letdown. Womp womp. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it made the the Hellfire. It was the spoonful of sugar. Mm, Okay. Um, For the, you know, the Hellfire Gala's medicine. Um, It. It felt more like what I'm wanting from the X-Men. Mm hmm. And what I and more of what I was hoping for with the uh, the Hellfire Gala, even though the gala is supposed to be this big event, you know, it nothing happened, and you know this this felt like things moved more than at the gala for me. For sure, I mean, as much as like for the X Men, I think for sure, like. More things happen in the gala, but their um, implications are so far-reaching yeah. that this felt more immediate. It felt more pressing. It felt more personal. And I think yeah. I agree with you that that's why I liked it more, or a part of why. I also think it's just flat-out better written. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, just, I like Gillen a lot more than Duggan. That's just me. Yeah, I, um, go ahead. Well, I was I was gonna segue into the art as well. The art is stunning. Yeah, this was real good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bandini does a great job. I like this like texture that he has over everything. It feels a little a little sandy, but he mm-hmm. adds like shading with it. And uh, I thought the the thick lines really helped characters stand out. He he would use a mix of thin and thin um, when there were close ups. You, know, you get to see the their uh, their faces just kind of like really stood out, but then as you step a little bit farther back, he's able to draw these like really delicate lines to just help keep things sort of fluid. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it a lot. This was really good. I, I I don't know if I've seen him on other stuff, but I enjoyed it. So the sinister of it all, mm-hmm. um, sinister freaks out. When he learns or, you know, is told um, that there is this other Sinister. Um, Is the other Sinister Dr. Stasis? Dr. Stasis, yes. He's the club-headed one. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, okay. Uh, I I guess I, I want Gillen to be a little bit more clear. And obviously, Gillen's not the only person telling this story. There are multiple writers who, within the same within within the same month or so, 
this same situation has been addressed three, at least three times. Um, and everybody's sort of spoon feeding us information about what it actually means. Um, but then we also see that Sinister's got, you know, the Moira's, which we knew about. And he mm-hmm. goes back to his lab prepared to just reboot the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But then he's like, wait a second. Is Destiny playing a game with me? Like, what's going on here? And so Destiny mm-hmm. worked him over by basically saying nothing. She worked him over to the point where now he's like, no, let me just see how this plays out. Yeah, yeah. Patience. Right. Yeah. He, what did he do? He reset himself, purge all my personalities, and clean install. Mm-hmm. So... Maybe, maybe he, I guess, yeah, I guess I'm not sure. Like he like rebooted himself so that, I, I, the way I read it was he rebooted himself, keeping certain pieces of information away. From himself. From himself, right. And thereby everyone else. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, all good. Um, They decide not to just kill him, which I really 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 wish they would do but of course we know that if they had well does this version of sinister have the genes of moira do we know that no i i thought he's i thought only the clones the the, the moira right. clones yeah well yeah. then i wish they would kill him because they need to get this <laughs> this fucker gone sinister is such a problem like please kill him uh, but don't, because I really like him. Uh, but then he gets sucked away into space or who knows where. And that's kind of where things leave off. This will be the, yeah, this will be the Eternals hook for uh, oh. AXE. That's, that's how Makari and what's her name get there. Sinister. Makes sense. And Ajax. Right? Oh, Makes I sense. see. Okay. Yeah. That's... So... Are there historically different Sinisters? Sinister's always cloning himself. There's always, yeah. yeah. But uh, but is the club thing new? Like, is there going to be a spades? And then, you know, like... That story, I think, is just playing out. Um, that's mm-hmm. kind of the only frustrating element that I had with this issue was just, like, I kind of want to know more concretely what that mm-hmm. means. But um, the only place my mind went with this whole thing was way back to house and powers where there's a sinister there's a sinister that professor xavier and and um and uh uh magneto mind wiped but that's not the same sinister yeah yeah so i think i think that dr stasis might be that sinister Interesting. Mm. The mind wipe one. Okay. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure. sure. Um, it, either way, this was a great issue. I want to talk just a little bit more about like the, the Emma focus. Um, mm-hmm. Emma's a character that, you know, who doesn't love Emma Frost? Um, I love some of the touches that Gillen added to her ear. Like she sleeps in diamond form. Um, you know, she's just she's just kind of icy, but she doesn't want to be. In her yeah. in her heart of hearts, she wants to be more like Jean. You know, mm. but she can't. Um, 
she talks about in this issue some uh, some woman like throws blood all over her sheep blood because she's angry that the mutants can resurrect themselves but her husband is dead and Emma is, she says to herself like how does Charles deal with this with letting them in in all the time meaning you know their minds their pain yeah um and I feel like that that made me that took me 20 years back that took me back to New X-Men by Morrison where she first goes diamond where she, the death of all the children mm-hmm. because she can't mm-hmm. handle the pain her body has a secondary mutation that gives her diamond form that's what it reminded me of and I thought Kieran's delivery and dialogue was very particular about letting us feel how frosty Emma is but also how in pain she always is in mm-hmm. I really like that yeah, she wants to be. Uh, uh, she wants to be Jean Grey because, well, who doesn't want to be in a throuple, right? That's what I'm saying, three dicks in that situation, you know. <laughs> the only the only thing in the dialogue that I was bothered by, and it, it was in it was in um, it was in Hellfire Gala too. They keep bringing up all the the bad men, and it's like, well, Mystique, Emma, and. Uh, Destiny are all schemers too. Like it's definitely and Moira. It's definitely not just men that are scheming on Krakoa. Yeah, but men are just annoying about it. They can't keep their fucking mouth shut. There's a difference between schemers and egomaniacal maniacs. Emma Moira Frost? has bec- Moira has become an egomaniacal maniac. Emma is a schemer. Emma's not egomaniacal. No, she's a schemer. She keeps her mouth shut. Emma Frost, the character who her whole identity is about how beautiful she is, right? Her whole gimmick. As vain as she is, she's not egomaniacal. I don't think so. You're off. Okay. Her whole introduction at Hellfire Gala was like manipulating. But she's changed. She's not. A insane villain anymore. She's this teacher who wants to be soft. And an egomaniacal person doesn't want to be that. Emma Frost has mad secrets. She's a schemer. And she she blabbed to Cyclops about the stuff with Moira. That's not I don't think that's egomaniacal. I think that you know what? I think he I think Kale's turning me on this side. She might be a schemer. Schemers do things actually in secret. Uh, Ozymandias, a schemer. No, what? hold on a second. No, hold on a second. He, he didn't tell doing... anyone. I'm not but... saying. I'm not saying every you know egomaniacal person can't be a schemer, or that every schemer can't be egomaniacal. But I am saying Emma's a schemer. Okay, think... go ahead, Marco. I was just saying, I think you used a bad example with Ozymane Dias. Yeah, maybe you're right. <laughs> yeah, I'm, just, I'm, th- I'm thinking of the, you know, I did it 30 minutes ago and nobody knew about it. That's fucking that's, that's, that's what I'm, uh, that's a schemer. He no, told dude. everyone in the room what he did. How is that yeah. not egomaniacal? After he'd done it. Charles and Magneto told Emma after they had done it. Ooh, okay, okay. Question then. Are Charles and Magneto now characterized as egomaniacal? I think they all I think are. That's my I point. Think they're, yeah, I think they're egomaniacal uh, in general. Charles mm-hmm. and 
Magneto. I don't see how Emma skates by, but there's a there's some kind of bias there because if her fifty years of existence, she's never been anything but that. But you know what? Maybe Gillen just did a good job making us sympathize. I sympathize, but I sympathize with Charles and Eric and all the rest of them too. I mean, you know, they're mm-hmm. egomaniacal, but they have, you know, they're doing it for a good reason, and so is she. Um, Paul. Yeah. Yeah, Paul. Book of the week. Pull. No. Not for me either. Well, that only leaves one. So Does it? Interesting. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Dark Crisis, Worlds Without a Justice League, Superman. Number one. Say that five times fast. Fucking hell. Number one? No, th- no it's gonna just, be... there's not going to be more. But... Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, so this is this is uh, this is by Tom King, uh, with art by Chris Burnham, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, we've got uh, where's where's the thank you, uh, Adriana Lucas on colors. Glad we can um, help. Appreciate it. Letters by Troy Pateri. Um, Kale, since it's your book of the week, why don't you kick us off? It's not my book of the week. What? Gotcha. Um, this was fine. I like Chris Burnham. What? Um, I just, I don't know this this all this business about. I, I'll be interested to see what this is, but all this business of you know this alternate reality where John Kent grew up with Clark, and you know he got to be there. It's, I don't know. It felt like reliving my teenage years, and uh, man, I don't need that. It was cute. I, I I'm not fine. familiar. I'm not familiar with it. So this was for me, like the the that technique of like each chapter being a new year and you get like an introduction into uh, a part of John's life and how he's reacting to to Clark and at the end it tying together with you know I never got these moments and a lot of these moments were either things where he didn't he disobeyed or he was being a bit difficult and like those mm-hmm. are the things that even looking back on he reflects and and cherishes um i thought that 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 worked pretty well it hit me um no this was fun i loved it this was a close second for me uh for book of the week yeah same um you know tom when when tom king is in his emotional bag he's very good (laughs) at evoking it and putting it on the page and I think he nails that in this issue time and time again. The The basic sort of concept is that John, when he, you know, when he, I guess, I don't know if it's when he turns 13 or in his 13th year or whatever, but he he now, his, his senses have heightened to the point where he can hear the cries and screams of people who aren't even on Earth. Mm. And... All that death and destruction is eating away at him, and he wants to help. You know, he wants to um, save people. He wants to do the right thing. And his father's always kind of like, "Look, man, you know, you can only save so many people. You have to, you have to come to terms with the fact that you are one. You are one human or one person, and there are trillions and whatever the." 
whatever the term past trillion is to describe how many living beings there are across the universe that you can't save. Quintillion. Quintillion. And whatever's beyond that, maybe. Who knows? You know, Septillion. The, thank you, Marco. Um, uh, and, you know, I really felt for John. I really, really felt for John. And I felt for Superman having to explain to his son why he can't do that and why, you know, even though it's so hard for you to put that aside, you have to do it. And when he has to go and save John, because John went and fought whoever that guy was um, and is getting killed. Orion? Ryan. That's Orion the first time? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Both times, yeah. Um, He just, he looked weird because he's all purpley. So, yeah, I just, I just thought that, you know, some of that stuff was, was brilliant. And you, you know, if you're a parent, which none of us here are. Uh, Marco might be, but we don't know. Not um, that we know, yeah. Uh, if you're a parent, I would imagine that it resonates for you even without your son having superpowers because all parents at some point have to save their children from something. Yeah. And mm. showing up and being dad or being mom or, or you know whatever position it is that you play in your child's life, um, seeing them in pain, having to step up, you know, that's a that's a moment that has to be really emotional, and knowing that there are some battles you can't fight for your child, and you have to see them like the 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 chapter uh, seventeen where John's beat to shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That one got me. Yeah, and I think uh, Burnham does a really good job of evoking like faces. Like there's there's just there's a part where he first fights Orion and he's he gets saved. And there's just this fury in his face. He does. He has this whole like, um, like buttoned up <laughs> lip, and his eyes get all big, and he has his fist, and he's just, I'm mad, and you can see that. And uh, and then when it comes to later, where he's being tender with him, and he sees that he's almost beaten to death, like he he closes his eyes because he's in pain, and then he opens them again, and the 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 face is soft because well, he needs to be there for his son. He can't be mad he's he's what has happened has happened mm-hmm. and he's beat to shit but i'm not gonna that isn't the time to uh react in, in a negative way and uh, i think it's evoked really well in the art yeah yeah i i agree um i i had high hopes for this issue just because of the cover honestly um mm-hmm. and i thought the premise was cool but i wasn't sure exactly how Tom would tell the story, and I really love the way they did it. Um, it's also worth explaining, or at least what I understand of what's happening here. This is not real. This is, yeah. it, it, I get the idea that all the members of the Justice League who quote unquote died aren't really dead, they're being kept alive in a place where they're getting what they want, um, but it's fueling some. The energy of that is fueling some grander scheme um, that's playing out, that we'll see play out over in Dark Crisis. Because this issue also includes a backup story with Aquaman that's a similar idea, where ultimately all the people in Aquaman's life, all the like, you know, Mera and Aqualad and whoever else, like they're all happy and doing fine. And Aquaman wakes up from that and knows it's not true. 
and he's all pissed off. Um, so that that's just what's going on. Yeah, I was going to say this feels like that episode of uh, Justice League Unlimited, which is based on, you know, I think an old Alan Moore story. Uh, whatever. Uh, no. What will happen uh, to tomorrow? No, not that one. What do you get the man who has everything? Oh, okay. And it's the one where they're infected by the, uh, I think it's the Blackheart Flower or something. And Superman, in the, in the cartoon episode, Superman imagines still being on Krypton. And uh, Krypton exploding uh, is Batman and Wonder Woman trying to get the flower off. And it's like his life is absolutely perfect, and it's exactly the way he wants it, but he knows something is off. Hmm. Huh. Right. Um, let's talk this about the... Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, his backup story is booty. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, I could not, could not make heads or tails of it. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Uh, somebody, there's a fight, and the paneling, uh, not the best. Like it, it really felt like everything was jammed in together. Yeah, yeah, there was the a lot. Was super cramped. Yeah, a lot happening on these pages. Um, just, just to show one, um. Like, there's just people all over the place. There's just, like, things in the background. Like, there's so many things that are that are happening all at once. Uh, it was hard to follow. Maybe this is a better example. Um, yeah. Mm. But it's, like, Aquaman punching uh, uh, some guy. And, you know, just so, just so many things. Like, all the characters celebrating some shark guy there's just a lot going on um on the pages back there not not a very much felt tacked on but um let's talk about the burnham art um so good yeah really good traditionally i love burnham there were a couple of panels more than a couple just where the mouth area burnham's mouths are really weird sometimes and john had a weird mouth a few times clark had a weird mouth a few times um other than that though i I, i'm a big fan of what burnham does i i'm a i really like when an artist uses like hatching for it where they like use these consistent lines to make Mm -hmm. the the inks um that's a style that's really um matt lesnowinski um he, he uses that a lot um uh, who was it that did Gabriel Walter sometimes does it mm. and it's just it's a really good way to evoke shadow and depth mm. and uh, really well executed here um yeah this was great uh, easy pull yeah yeah for sure yeah if you like Superman it's an easy easy pull and I, I like the colors like in a lot of scenarios they were bright they were um at least in the moments where we're like we're outside in the light, I think they're usually well. They're just vibrant. Mm-hmm. And then once we're in like the smaller moments, you know, it's quieter. I especially like uh, Superman's costume. It's a little grayer. Mm-hmm. You know, I I assume that's to show age. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe his you know his suit's a little more faded than John's is. Um, yeah, I, I like it though. I like that he then gets that suit uh, when he when he gets older and he, he flies off. Um, 
that was cool was that that suit i thought i felt like he got a new bright one no in the uh, at least when he's oh 18. yeah you're right yeah you're right yeah. Yeah, this was this was awesome. And again, you know, um, it's worth mentioning this. What we saw in this book never happened. This is what Clark wishes he could have experienced because he missed John's teenage years completely. John was gone in space with Superman's father, and John aged. Um, you know, time time moves differently. So John, for 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 the people on Earth, it was a few months. For John, it was his entire teenage years, pretty much. Um, yeah. So, lots of emotion. I thought it was great. Um, but that's it. That, those are all the books we have for this week. Now, uh, I was tagged three weeks ago or something like that. Three weeks I've had to wait wow. for this. With reading asterisks. I was not given a number. I was told to read asterisks. So I read the first issue. I just was like, you know what? Let me just read the number one. Um, that was one of the biggest wastes of time that I have ever, <laughs> ever my life experienced. Oh, man, I knew you would hate it. <laughs> I can't even describe. Like, it was agonizing. Um, go ahead. You know, Asterix sells more than all the big two books combined. The last book that came out sold 7 million copies. Holy Why? shit. Why? French people have taste, man. <laughs> I don't think they do. Because they... <laughs> that, that was... Oof. Whoa. Like, it wasn't funny... Um, nothing interesting happened. Mm. It was verbose. Um, I, I, I can't, I, man, I feel like I lost some this probably, power reading that. Probably a dumb question. And I don't mean anything by it. Uh, you read it in English? Look, look, I, Kale, how just the fuck a question. Else am I gonna Listen, read? I don't know if you speak any other language. What do I know? You've Maybe they have a like New York version. Seven years or some shit like that. I don't speak any other languages. Maybe. Yeah, you Mild think Spanish. maybe it would come up, but listen. Yes, I read it in English. Maybe you've got some French in your Irish side. I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, so you watched the movie as well. Hell no, I don't watch no damn movie. That was your punishment. That I, was a I, condition. I, I, I don't care. I had to set the stream you up. You piece I of had, shit. I had, listen. I can't believe. One of you can run the stream, and then I will accept punishments like that. Okay? This was my punishment today. Uh, cop out. Huh? I also was tagged, however, uh, or punished, depending on how you want to look at it. No! <laughs> I had to read uh, Scarant Hood from Nick Roche and uh, Chris O'Halloran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not have a good time with that book. Oh, dude. Really? I, I don't want to say it was a waste of time, but boy, it affected the rest of the books I read today. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I didn't like a lot of O'Halloran's art. Um, oh, interesting. It felt 
the book itself is it's about a um a school that's haunted and it's the parents that have to investigate it mm-hmm. so the art doesn't really invoke horror to me it felt it felt uh just just for the sake of reference um it felt like a a uh Rostein and Ted Brandt yeah look yeah. Ooh, okay. doing a horror book I like that but but in their style in the way that well I mean if you like that then maybe you like it <laughs> it didn't it didn't work for me it didn't say horror is what I oh, is it was what a I'm clash like yeah okay. yeah 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 it, it was, was brightly colored bright. yeah too bright yeah um the covers I think it's the Nick Roche covers yeah were incredible yeah yeah uh and did way more for the story than the rest of them did well no hold on uh nick roche did the uh did the art the chris o'halloran just did colors okay what what else does chris o'halloran do he does i i know him from colors he did that one silent comic um at image uh i forget what it's called but he 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 has a few other stuff. But this was all um This was Roche. all Nick Roche. Okay. All, Nick Roche. all right. Yeah. Well that's unfairly blamed then. Uh but most of the book aside from that, the dialogue is parents arguing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like okay. Now what? <laughs> it was I I have to uh, I can't deal with this haunting because I have to work and get my parent, my, my kid. I have to feed my kid. Oh no, I forgot to feed my kid. And that was, that was the book. But then the kid gets, you know, taken away and there's a whole like subplot with that. And yeah. Neglectful parenting. Okay. Well, yeah, I guess kind of, I just, yeah, this one just didn't work for me. Dang. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. I'm upset, but I can handle it. Find the bathroom later. <laughs> all right. So all we have left are our books for next week. Uh, these are the the. Go ahead, go. Are you? Oh, I have to tag. tag. Yes, it's your course. tag. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, yeah, I was thrown off. Um, yeah. So I decided I'm going to tag Marco. Ooh. Yes. Um, I'm going to tag you with. Greg Rucka's Black Magic. Interesting. Yeah. Oh. Um, so this book is to me phenomenal. Um, I'm not gonna make you read a lot, obviously. Just read. You can do the, like the first issue, and then if you really like it, like read the second one, I guess. Um, Nicholas okay. Scott on art. Nicholas Scott. Ooh, she is talented. Mm-hmm. She is talented, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, they did stuff on Wonder Woman together, I believe, and that was great. Um, yeah. And then this was phenomenal. So, um, yeah, if just the first first two issues, if you can get through. Is that uh, finished? Or has that been in hiatus for ever? I feel like every Greg Rucka book is in a weird stasis. I'm yeah. not all the way sure the status of it. I had It had been on a really long hiatus, then I saw an issue of it on the stands, and I got it. But then I feel like there were no more that I saw, so I'm not sure. Mm. Yeah, I is, feel like I remember it coming back. 
mm-hmm. at some point. What's that, Marco? Is Casanova a Rucka book? No, no that's, that's Fraction. Fraction, yeah. Fraction, oh, okay. Fraction and Ba and Moon. Oh. oh okay. All right. Uh, that's, a weird, that's a weird book. I might have it. I think I have it. All right. Well, you find that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> for uh, next week, though, Marco chose uh, Dual Power Bomb number two. Yo, oh my. Sean, I'm so upset you were not on that fucking review, dude. Me too. I'm that upset was... I haven't read it. Oh. You still haven't read it? Nope. Come on, man. That's, Dang. That's a good ass book. That was one of the best first issues I think I've ever read in for this year. Like, wow. Uh, it was phenomenal. It, it set everything up. The art was incredible. The just what is there, the emotional beats, and then where it leads off, mm-hmm. uh, hooked me from the get go, page one to the last page. Man, like that was a really good book, and I'm so excited that Danny Warren Johnson is getting to do his thing because he is a he's an incredible storyteller. Um, the fact that he does both art duty and writing. And can put out something that is so well composed and hits all the kind of beats that you wanna you wanna have in a comic, introduces you to things. It's just it's great. And I'm very excited for this next issue. I wonder if that's why he wasn't able to draw Jurassic League. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, probably. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but then you also chose Silver Coin number twelve. Yeah, this is Stephanie Phillips. Uh, I like her, oh. and so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what what she has. It's it's all it's been the the hottest voices in comics, and her she has a few hits, few misses, but her star is rising. And I think um, I, I I like to see what she has to say with with this kind of thing where she can kind of just let loose. And um, while she's on art, yeah, give it to me. Nazi zombies. I believe so, yeah. Next up, we have Kale for Chainsaw Man 99. Guess what? Book of the Week. Woo! Chainsaw ah, Man 98. Got me. It was a surprise. Sort of a surprise drop. Um, Chainsaw Man, I think it was announced maybe two weeks ago mm-hmm. that it was finally coming back. Um, it's been on hiatus for probably probably about a year um yeah e- easily my book of the week it's a new a new status quo uh denji the main character is going to school i'm in let's go actually i'm not in i'm waiting to binge okay uh so but i'm in let's go <laughs> All right, fair enough. And then you also chose uh, Dark Crisis, Young Justice, number two. Don't have a slide for that one, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. So this, I was very, I was really surprised by uh, Dark Crisis, Young Justice, number one, uh, because it it reunites the Young Justice team all the way down to um, the character uh, Arrowette, uh, who left Young Justice to become a civilian, um, and she comes back. But Robin, Superboy, and Impulse disappear. And it turns out they're reliving the time that they put together the team Young Justice. And so it's this weird mix of current characters 
searching for characters who are reliving their past. And so it's it's got me in this weird mix of freshman year of high school just loving the shit out of this book and now being absolutely annoyed with the way the characters are acting. Mm. Uh, but I'm having fun. Um, I'm very interested to see how they're going to get six issues out of this. All right. Uh, and then for me, I chose... <laughs> Uh, I chose Judgment Day number one. All right, yeah. to which we will be judging. We will be judging it next week. Um, I'm judging it right now. <laughs> I, I, you know what? The only thing I'm hoping for with this comic book is that there are no captions from the world. Oh, I've got bad news for you, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. That's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that I'm going to have to suffer through that, but I'm willing to. It inc- it's going to include basically everyone relevant in Marvel right now from a character perspective. Um, it's going to include Valerio Schiti Art, who you know is really talented. I can't lie and say I didn't wish Mark Brooks wasn't doing the interiors because look at that cover. Um, but Mark Brooks, Mark Brooks interiors. How much you know? How much is that going to cost? Marvel would have to pull up the Brinks truck for that. Um, yep. You know, I'm, I'm excited. It's, a, it's an issue one. I'm giving it that. It's an event issue one. Yeah. It's getting that. Okay. Will I be happy? You'll have to tune in next week to find out. If this gives me a reason to go to issue two, uh, I'm fine. Because, <laughs> I mean, Dark Crisis barely got us there. I'm looking to I'm looking to sneak past that. Dude, Dark Crisis is still getting us there. I don't know what you're talking about. For me, the thing with issue one was the invasion of Titan's Tower, right? And issue two up to the Green Lantern point with the invasion of Titan's Tower. You, you liked it. Like I like I said, I was fucking in. Yeah. But it careened off a cliff once that ended. Um so I don't know yeah. if I if Judgment Day will get me even remotely excited for issue two. It'll probably be good. Fair enough. Cool. We'll be talking about that and many more books next week on Pals Pulse. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, we appreciate it as always. If you want to support the show, patreon.com slash the comics pals. Uh, youtube.com slash the comics pals go ahead and subscribe if you haven't it's free to do helps out a lot more than it costs you Uh, watch this show live every thursday at 6 p.m eastern uh 10 a.m eastern saturdays for the main show uh 10 15 i should say ish ish um we try to make the mark uh today today's an outlier any any tyler list episode is going to be an outlier Um, Until it won't be, which I'm aiming for, guys. Um, We'll see you guys next week. Until then, we're the Comic Spouse signing off. Take care, guys. See you next week. Yo, I got Black Magic Volume 1, $3. They got the digital list price goes from print $9.99 to digital $7.99. Then the Kindle price is $3.99 plus my Comixology discount 
minus 40 cents. Look at that. Look at so that. you got it for 260? I got it for 360. All right, guys, take care.